And I looked at her like she was insane. And I'm like, because we don't have any money. That's why we don't buy this store. But my wife, who youngest of five, raised by a single mother, she was taught you figure out a way. And so with our goal and our focus, we started learning how do you buy a business if you don't have money? And it took a lot of mistakes. And it took about five months of making mistakes, but learning from each time something didn't work. What was our lesson and how do we change it? Till all of a sudden we had the confidence to go to our own bank and talk to them. And next thing you know, they're not giving us the funding for the store. They actually gave us 100% financing for both the stores. And we became franchisees. That little clip came from my interview of Robert Riappel. He's a good example to me of putting people in a position to succeed and helping them grow. He has done that. And he also is trusted in the people that have helped him along the way. And it's helped him have the success that he's had. He also was a Domino's franchise owner. Not sure if he still is, but that's pretty cool. He used to deliver for them. And now he, or used to own some franchises of their pizza and that stuff. So it's kind of cool. He's a really fun guy to talk with. And I think you'll really enjoy my conversation with him. Welcome Teal Today with Dallin Candlin. I'm here with Robert Riopel. Is that how you say it? Yeah, you got okay. it. You nailed it. Right I wasn't sure there, but he is a past Domino's franchise owner, speaker, transformation coach, author. Really excited to have him on. Thanks for coming, Robert. Oh, I'm glad to be here. I know we're going to be able to have some fun and help some people out. Yeah, that's always the hope, right? So let's just kind of go- dive into your story. What kind of helped you in your earlier years? Were there any moments that really helped you to get to where you are now that you still look back on is like, that's a moment that helps me remember the now and appreciate the now? Yeah, you know, um, you and I were talking just before the recording and you hit on one really big is when I was a Domino's pizza delivery driver and I didn't look at it as hindsight being 2020, I see the gift I got that put me into that position. But back then I wasn't looking at it. Here I am 21. I'm a fairly still a newlywed. My wife and I, we got married at 19 and, and I was raised that you do whatever you need to do to support your family and you find a job, you stay loyal, you work hard for them. Well, at 21, I'm being laid off from my third major job and I'm really frustrated. Like, okay, what the crap? <laughs> this is, you know, I'm working hard. I'm staying loyal. And when in our economy back then, there was no real work because we were in the middle of an oil bust and I did my best to go and find that real job. But because I couldn't find one, I knew I had to do something until I found that real job. And I ended up starting delivering pizzas for Domino's Pizza. And I'll tell you, fairly quickly, I started making more money, having fun, getting to drive around, listen to music and meet people than I'd made in my real jobs. And today I look back and go, had I not lost those other jobs, I would probably be still miserable in a job thinking I had to work for someone else because no matter how big the company is, you're still another number. And if you want to have any kind of control of your own life, you have to take control of that. And that's what Domino's Pizza, going in and being able to do that, because it led to me being a manager and then a franchisee. I love that, like how you took advantage of that opportunity to, you know, stay in tune with yourself as you drove from place to place. That's something I experienced when I delivered for Pizza Hut. You know, it's a really cool time to like check in with yourself. And there really is no limit to what you can do, you know, when you're in that space of yourself. I think one of the biggest tragedies is we, you know, collapse ourselves with so much things to do. We overload ourselves and then we don't really have that time to unwind. But when we have that time that's literally built in to unwind, 
I mean, it can lead to mm-hmm. many wonderful things where you could see yourself being a franchise owner or whatever. How did that end up falling into place for you? Well, you know, in reality, it was all by sheer coincidence and a number of things going wrong. <laughs> I'm a big believer, and you probably heard this saying, Dallin, that everything happens for a reason. I'm a big believer in that, but what most people don't realize is that's only half the saying. The full saying is everything happens for a reason, that reason's there to serve me, which then puts you into a curiosity mode. So as a delivery driver, uh, you know, also my franchisee sold a store and bought two more in exchange, and I wanted something more permanent because I didn't see myself being a driver all the way along. And I said, look, um, I want to make more money, more permanent. Do you need a manager? You now have two stores. And we talked a couple hours, and because of my work ethic, he said, yeah, absolutely. And um, you move in two weeks because I had to move to another city. And now I'd only been a driver at that point. I said, great, if I'm going to be a manager in two weeks, can I turn around and have some experience in the store so I can learn what to do? And here was his response. Oh, you'll have plenty of time to learn when you get there. (laughs) And so talk about being thrown in the deep end. And probably the smartest move I ever made is very quickly, my wife became my assistant manager. And we started doing that hard work that we were trained to do. We started working open to close seven days a week because we had some dreams that we now want to go for. And it was a year and a half in when we got the terrible news that my franchisee decided he didn't want to be in Domino's anymore. Going from one store to two had been a bad mistake for him. So he wanted out. So he's going to sell his two stores. I went into panic mode because we had watched enough stores around us get sold. We knew the managers were let go right away because the new owners wanted to come in with their own team. And so I'm like, we've got to call all the other franchisees now and find out who needs managers. And my wife let me vent for a little bit. And when when I finished, she looks at me, she goes, so why would we do that? We're qualified to be franchisees. Why don't we just buy this store? And I looked at her like she was insane. And I'm like, because we don't have any money. That's why we don't buy this store. But my wife, who youngest of five, raised by a single mother, she was taught you figure out a way. And so with our goal and our focus, we started learning, how do you buy a business if you don't have money? And it took a lot of mistakes. And it took about five months of making mistakes, but learning from each time. Something didn't work. What was our lesson and how do we change it? Till all of a sudden, we had the confidence to go to our own bank and talk to them. And next thing you know, they're not giving us the funding for the store. They actually gave us 100% financing for both the stores. And we became franchisees. That's something I've really seen recently is you just need to see things working out. You need to believe that things are going to work yeah. out. Because when it comes to like any kind of miracle or anything like that in your life, it really does stem from how much belief do you have a lot of times because the belief is going to lead to what action are you going to take. There's a lot of times there's the temptation to just expect things to happen or yeah. expect other people to go to war for, for you. but you really got to fight yeah. for yourself, you know, with a lot of things. And, and you know, probably, um, and you're right, hitting it right on the head because one of the questions I get now that I travel around the world and, and train hundreds of thousands of students, and I'm on stage in front of 100 to 6,000 students at a time, and students will go, Robert, how do I do what you do? And my response is, um, to them is, if you want to do what I do, you've got to be willing to do what I do behind the scenes. The unsexy, boring as crap, you know, monotonous work behind the scenes that allows me to do where I'm at today. And, you know, I love this uh, saying that there's tons of opportunity out there. It's always coming your way, but opportunity favors the prepared. 
So even if things aren't going the way you want them right now, what are you doing to prepare for when an opportunity does show up that you want to grab onto? Are you going to then have to, because you've been stagnant and just playing victim and poor me, where also now to try and get going and grab that opportunity is going to be hard? Or have you been doing stuff behind the scenes that you're now prepared to grab it and flow because you're already in momentum? And I'll give you an example of that if you want, is when I was training, there's only been two times in my training career of 20 years where I couldn't go on stage and do a presentation because I was sick. I'm in Vietnam. I have an assistant trainer that does a little bit of data and he helps out, brings the students back. I have 1,400 students waiting for me on the Friday morning. Well, I get sick from food poisoning. And at four o'clock in the morning, Thursday night, Friday morning, four o'clock in the morning, I'm, I'm doing terrible. My wife's like, tell Tim he's doing today. I'm like, I can't do that. He's not ready. Tell Tim, has he not been practicing? Yes. And she's going through all this stuff and she's on FaceTime with me and I'm stubborn. And she finally says, tell Tim he's doing day one. And Dallin, I'm coming up on 33 years of marriage. And I'll tell you the two most important words in a marriage. Yes, dear. When I finally said, yes, dear, I waited and I could hear him wake up about six o'clock because the hotel had thin walls. I call him up and I said, Tim, I said, I'm not doing well. I need you to do today. And because he had been preparing for months with me and being my assistant, he didn't say, oh, crap. He didn't say, I don't know what to do. He said, I've got your back. And he stood up and did the whole day. First time ever having the chance to do all a full 12 hours day on stage, 1,400 students. And he rocked it because he had been preparing. So when that opportunity came, he nailed it. That's beautiful. And this is something that we can definitely dive deeper into is like, we're all being prepared for what's going to happen in the future, whether we know it or not. Exactly. The question is, how prepared do we really want to be? You know, when we get these little opportunities, like you said, looking back, you see all these gifts, you know, when you have those opportunities, the question is, what are you going to do about them? And I think of this post I saw on LinkedIn recently, and basically talked about the future value of the present moment. Like right now mm. is so ridiculously valuable but we don't realize how valuable it is until years down the road. So we need to yeah. recognize that right out the gate. This is so yeah. such a valuable moment. This is such a valuable piece of time because it's my life. And that's it. And, and I'm a procrastinator. I will tell people that. And I used to fight it. I used to be upset at myself. I used to you know beat myself up over that. And then also one day I got one of those one-handed claps. And Dallin, I don't know if you know what a one-handed clap is. Do you know what that is? I can't do it, but no. <laughs> so the humble was like, ah, and I realized, oh, that okay, yeah, I realized that I'm a procrastinator is a part of me, and I can work with it instead of trying to trying to resist it. So that's also when I came up with a quote that I design my day in such a way that procrastination cannot play, and instead of battling it, one of the things I know is because I haven't had to work for money. I retired at 32, financially free. So I haven't had to work for money for 20 plus years now. And so if I have a chance to sleep in, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to sleep in. But then I know I beat myself up for not being productive because there's still things I love to do. So I, on purpose, I schedule um, coaching sessions, phone calls, meetings for first thing in the morning so that because the moment I commit to someone else, I know I'm getting up. And the moment I'm up, my day's off and rocking. So I utilize knowing who I am. I'm very deep on making sure I'm always introspecting. And then because of what you said, how valuable today is, this present moment is, 
the stuff I'm doing today, I know that months and years down the road, how it's going to be a benefit. Or if I just waste it, it's going to hold me back. Gotcha. So the one-handed clap is kind of more or less the aha moment. Like, oh, yes. okay. <laughs> For all the audio people who aren't quite sure what happened there, that that's what that was. But yeah, I think that's extremely powerful. And the importance of having clarity of what's important right now, you know, what's important now that's a really cool acronym for win, you know, it's a tiny little win I'm going to get today. And just being very clear about that. It's not super important that maybe that you're building something else that's going to be important down the road, maybe have an idea, you know, you can work on it a little bit at a time, but whatever's important right now, that's what we needs to take care of, you know, that's what we need to work on a little bit, eat that piece of the pie up first. Yeah. Yeah, and a great example of that too is like here in Canada, this weekend, as you and I are recording, is a long weekend. And so family's important. And how many people think that success, their family's going to pay the price? Well, if you take the win, and I love what you just said, what's important now? And so my family and I, we have a beautiful acreage. So we have four or five family members with their RVs coming to our acreage. We're going to hop into our acreage, pull it to the backyard of our acreage. We're going to circle them up. We're going to have big campfires and all weekend long. What are we going to do? We're just going to celebrate each other because what's important right now is family. And so you don't know when family's going to be gone. You don't know when things change. So we make that an important part. That is actually something that's very, very important to my wife and I is the time we spend with family. So we make it a win right away. And that's what allows us to have great family relations for years to come. Yeah, I don't think we really realize how powerful like those traditions, those built-in things are. You know, back home when I was growing up and living with my grandparents at different times, we'd have a Sunday dinner that was rolls and roasts and potatoes and stuff. And and there was something so yeah, so beautifully mm. predictable oh, now you're making me hungry. about that. <laughs> and so we we're able to get like that beautiful experience over and over again. Like you talked about like your coaching and all these different things. It's so important that we have these things built in that we look forward to and enjoy in our lives. Yes. Yep, absolutely. And and that, so I'm I'm going to utilize that win, you know, acronym because I love acronyms. So I hope you don't mind that I borrow that from you. I love acronyms so much. Like I, I listened to one of the episodes you did. I think it was on JLD's podcast and I had him on a while ago. Or it's not really an acronym, but it's like G-U-R-U, you know, like, <laughs> like appreciating who you are, your value. You know, because we are yeah. an expert when yep. it comes to ourselves. And the real key now is to take what we know and turning that into something that is beneficial for for other people too and help them with their difficulties. Awesome. So now you do a lot of coaching, you do speaking. Like what's like one of your favorite things that you get to do? And then how do we get in touch with you? Well, you know, with BC before COVID, I would fly on average two hundred thousand miles a year around the world doing live trainings. And um, it still takes six months a year off at home because time off is very important to me. But now that um, you know the world has changed, I'm sitting in my office right now with a beautiful attached to my office is a 1500 square foot training center. So I'm loving that my students are going to be able to start coming to me. But live events, nothing will replace that. Coming up in September, I get to travel back to India, which was my last trip when I March 10th, 2020. I was coming back from India from doing a three day training when the world changed. And now my first real trip back out will be back to India to do another different three-day powerful training. So I'm looking forward to that. So being able to be in front of audiences and really impact, that's what is my passion. That's what I love to do. And I love, you're right, I love coaching people, like helping them. And I'm in my give back phase right now. So one of the things I love doing as an example, you took your valuable time 
And I believe our time is one of our most precious commodities. And you took your valuable time to take and interview me. And I so appreciate that. And your audience, them taking their valuable time to listen. That I appreciate you, you know, to another level. So as a gift to stay in contact with me, my first book I wrote, which is an international bestseller, Success Left a Clue. If they go to robertreopel.com, just my name, robertreopel.com, they're actually going to be able to download the entire digital copy as your or my gift to them for listening to this podcast. But I will say, Dallin, it comes with a caveat. I didn't write the book for people to download it, then put it on the shelf and make it shelf help. That's not why I did it. You know, life is about taking action. And so I actually wrote it as a workbook where there's action steps all the way through it. And so I even say things like, hey, did you do the last action? If not, stop reading right now. Go back, do the action before you continue because I know people are creatures of habit. So I'm going to invite your audience to do that as a way of staying in touch with me. And if they do that as well, they're going to be able to book in a 20-minute one-on-one strategy call with me personally, no one else, where I don't do any selling. They fill out a questionnaire in advance. I get on the call and in 20 minutes, I give them strategies to overcome what maybe is holding them back right now or how to take the next step. And I'd love to give that as a gift to your audience. Awesome. Yeah, I've dove a little bit into your book right now. I'll be honest, there's some things in my life that are kind of in the shelf help category. Like (laughs) I need to narrow it down. Like what is the most important thing to do right now? But definitely is a valuable read. You can tell from what I've read of it so far, there's a very authentic voice. And that's what we need right now. We need an authentic voice to kind of lead us and help us out. Like, And that's like our internal conscience. That's you know, it's friends, that's family. So you definitely have that in there. And I'm excited to look more into that and have links to that in the show notes. Yeah. And, and look, book at a time with me, Dallin. Let me, uh, I will help you um, move forward as well. Because in 20 minutes, I've actually helped people create seven figure businesses. Just because I, from my experience, I see things. And all of a sudden, when I, you answer the questionnaire, and I can dive in and in 20 minutes, you'll be blown away by the insights and the information I can give you. That's beautiful. Yeah, that, that sounds uh, really good. And especially like, you know, if you can make one person's day just a tiny bit better or make one of those things a little bit better, you know, it's going to compound over the years. So that's, that's awesome. You're giving that away to people. And I'd highly recommend for others to, to give that a look. So excellent. Well, again, thank you for having me on your show. I've had some fun with you. No, it's been good. We'll have to have you on again. Thank you so much, Robert. Take care. That was my interview with Robert Riopel. Really admire him and uh, just was really thankful he reached out. We had a good conversation. Definitely check out you know, his book and the other things. Link is in the show notes as always. And thank you so much for listening as always. And I will see you on Thursday with another interview. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to heal today and it'll be a better tomorrow.